Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? Matt Johnson back with another phenomenal episode of the UX Podcast. This is a really, really cool conversation I have for you today with Troy Dean. He's the founder of WP Elevation. He's an online marketing speaker, coach, consultant, podcaster. Um, But what, what they really do is he's built a company that specializes in business training for WordPress consultants. In other words, people that go out into the world and end up building WordPress websites, they run into all the same sorts of problems that we run into as any any type of consultant, business coach, or creative agency owner. And Troy walked that same journey. Like I've been through a little bit of that. In my case, I learned enough to know that I didn't want to build WordPress sites. Uh, Troy, however, was much better at it than I was and ended up turning that into a business and then, then piggybacked off of that to build a business where he trained other WordPress consultants on how to build a real deal agency. Well, what's, what Troy's essentially done is he's built himself a UX machine, right? So they have a high touch coaching uh, service, then they have low touch uh, group coaching and things like that. So they've got their core of clients that they work with at the center that are high touch, and then they've got an outer layer of lower touch um, like group coaching clients. And so he's running a UX machine in this kind of business consulting coaching world. And so he's a phenomenal example. Um, in fact, in, in one of his, um, uh, one of his website, he like actually just flat out says like, Hey, we're a media company, which I think is actually a big mindset shift that a lot of us coaches, consultants and agency owners need to go through, which is that we are not just delivering a service anymore. The implementation uh, is getting um, less and less valuable to the clients. And what's happening is we're becoming media companies in the, in the very least just to attract the next round of clients, we have to be a media company. And Troy Dean's really mastered that. And so I'm super excited for you to dig into the conversation. Uh, The few things that I think you'll really take away is number one, how to turn a a high touch transaction into a low touch ongoing service. Amazing, amazing value there. Uh, Why Seth Godin told one of Troy's members not to launch an online course. That was awesome. And then finally, the mindset secret that destroys fear of competition. I love this conversation. So I'm super excited for you to get into it. So here's Troy Dean of WP Elevation. So, so when you say you want to have a big impact, I would love to hear just, first of all, what do you mean by big Define big? Well, yeah, man, that's a good question. So our mission is to help 50,000 freelancers turn their passion into a profitable business. Uh, why 50,000? I don't know. It's just a, it's a big enough, scary enough number that gets me out of bed every day. Uh, but it's realistic. You know what I mean? Like, so it's something I can actually go after. Now, the truth is that Having a goal like that is just something that motivates you to keep moving forward. The, the purpose, I think the purpose of business is to keep moving forward and to learn along the way. And as you learn, you become a better fit for your clients. You work out, you, you understand your clients more, in a more sophisticated manner. You develop a better product and a better service and you actually end up serving your clients a lot better. If you're not moving forward, if you're just kind of on the rinse and repeat treadmill and you're just doing the same shit every day, then you're not going to learn 
how you can better serve your clients. So the, for me, having a, what Jim Collins calls a big, hairy, audacious goal is not, it's not the, the point is not to achieve the goal. The point is to have a moon to aim for, but the point is to figure out what you're going to learn along the journey that's going to make you a stronger company and have a better service offering and have, you know, and, and serve your clients better. So yeah. I, really, I don't care if I impact you know, 11,500 or 75,000 freelancers in the course of my journey. It's just having that, that, that kind of goal is, it just gets me out of bed in the morning and gets the whole, gets the whole team focused on something, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and the reason I asked is because I, I've thought a lot, a lot about that myself and it's, it's why I'm, it's why I'm in the business that I'm in. It's why I serve the types of clients that I do. Because yeah. one of the types of, I think, I think you can define big impact as like big in scope as in the numbers of people that you help or the, the severity of the problem you solve. Yeah. Uh, you can also define impact in terms of like, are you raising up leaders that are also the leaders themselves having impact on other people, which would be exponential impact. Yeah. So that's one of the things I look for is like, are, are the people that I'm serving, do they have a message and do they have content that yeah. is having a positive impact? Cause if I can help them and support them, get more of that content in the world, then I'm having an exponential impact, not only by what I'm doing, but also through what they're doing. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's, that's kind of, I'm always curious about that when you talk about impact, cause you're, you're hundred percent right. Like if you want to, and going back to the conversation of like a freelancer versus an entrepreneur, it does depend on what kind of impact you want. Um, and I think that's where the, the struggle for the entrepreneur, someone that wants to become an entrepreneur is a lot of times driven by that, that need to impact more people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so you know, one of the one of the most rewarding things about what I do is, uh, and this this for me this kind of defines impact, right? Um, when I tr I get to travel a bit, and so I go a fly to the states, and I might go to a conference, and I'll speak at the conference, and afterwards I've got a bunch of people coming up to meet me, and they're members of our program, mm -hmm. uh, they're fans of the podcast, they've been through our training, they come up to me, and they're like, you know, Chris and Amber Hines in in Philadelphia a couple of years ago, Chris said. Um, dude, just want to thank you so much because when we joined your program, I was still working a full-time job. After a couple of months, we'd managed to, you know, sort our shit out and I quit my job and now I'm working from home in the business full-time with my wife. She's pregnant, about to have another baby. I think they had two already. They're about to have their third. Um, their dream was to renovate their RV, which was sitting in the front yard and take the kids out of school over summer and just travel around uh, the country in their RV, running their business from their laptops. Their company's called Road Warrior Creative. Fast forward a couple of years, they've renovated the RV and they're actually now doing that. They're living their dream. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> I, I take a little bit of pride in knowing that I've helped a family there live their dream, give their kids an amazing experience. Um, I've played a small part in, in enabling that to happen. Now, the impact that that family being really happy and living their dream is going to have on their wider community is something that I can't measure. But, that, you know, that for me, that's what I call impact. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I've got. A, it's funny. I just recently connected with a couple of guys that are. Um, they're more in the sales funnel world, but both of them married, have a couple of kids each, and they both do that separately. They're both. They're both business partners, and each yeah. of them and their families travel all across the country. Uh, and so every month or two or something like that, the two will meet up in the same city and yeah. actually be together. But the rest of the time, they're they're working together from their RVs uh, remotely, which is kind of funny. It's definitely a different. I could not do that lifestyle, but I but I I get like helping people to be able to do that. Um, yeah. But what, what I'm curious about, because there's a lot of people, and one of my good friends is a perfect shining example of this uh, in the real estate realm. In his particular case, is that they really they really have a heart for the people that just if they don't get that kind of help, 
they're stuck where they're at and either they're working a full-time job or like in my friend's case, like they'd get just washed out of the industry completely. Uh, And so you end up serving a lot of beginners or intermediate people that are stuck and effectively, you know, have relived kind of the same year in business over and over again. Uh, What have you found is the best, like, well, let me, let me refer, let me back up and rephrase the question. If you're going to serve that community of people that are on the beginning end of the scale or restarting, uh, how do you think is the most effective way to serve them and still make a good living for yourself or or build a successful, profitable business serving that smaller, you know, um, people that have less means to pay for what they need, in other words. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good question. I mean, you know, we, the, the whole online course world is, you know, it's a, it's very, it's a very sexy idea at the moment to produce your own online course. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things that a lot, and, and I can tell you, I've been in the, in the back end of a lot of online course platforms over the years. And I've taught a lot of people how to, how to launch and grow and scale their own online courses. And 95% of people that make an online course, it's a complete failure because mm-hmm. I think what they're doing is they're going after the shiny object. They're going after the dream of the passive income. Yeah. And the reason that our online courses are successful, we have student completion rates of over 70%. We have a net promoter score of 84. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the reason our online courses are successful is because we only introduced technology once we realized that we had a business model that was already profitable and we introduced the technology in order to scale it. So I was already coaching freelancers in mm-hmm. how to grow their business and I just ran out of I ran out of time slots during the week. I couldn't fit any more yeah. people in. I'm like, I gotta leverage this. Yeah. Um, so we recorded the lessons that I was teaching people over over Skype and we recorded them as videos. We put together a bunch of templates and then we offered that as an online course. So the answer to your question is if you can find a way to leverage your service offering in a way that makes it accessible to a lot of people at a lower price point and it's still profitable for you as a company, then that's the way I think you get in front of the, the nascent or the, the newbie who's starting out. Maybe they want to go full time. They need access to what it is you do, but they can't afford to hire you as a consultant or a coach yeah. but they engage in some kind of DIY version of your program. I don't know if that answers your question, but, um, in a, in a roundabout way, it does. Although I, I, I feel like I need to clarify for people that are that might be listening down the road because you said something that I think a lot of people will skip over, yeah. which is a lot of people skip over and they'll go from either not doing it or maybe doing a little bit of one-on-one coaching directly into trying to come up with a course because you're like you said they see the dream of passive income, yeah, they skip right. the part where yeah. they do it and do it and do it and do it and do it until it gets people results, and then yeah. you take that and you put that into a course. And I think that's what most people are missing. A hundred percent. And that's because, you know, I mean, look, I like people, Matt, don't get me wrong, but, um, it's also, you know, <laughs> I, knew a, I knew there was a butt coming in there somewhere. Yeah, there, is, there is. I like people, but the truth is most people are impatient and I put myself in this category as well. Yeah, of course. We're just a monkey at the end of the day, right? And the monkey just wants the quickest route to the banana. And and so this marketers have done an amazing job at going, hey, you know, you can create your own online course and do seven figures. And the truth is that there's very, 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 very few people on the planet who are actually going to, um, you know, go through the pain and the the anguish involved at putting together an online course and launching it and scaling it to seven figures. The first online course I made was a course called New Business Blueprint under a brand called Fuel HQ. And the brand was designed to tip fuel on your business. Okay. And the course was called the New Business Blueprint. And it was about how do we get new business into our business? 
And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was groundbreaking and revolutionary. Okay. And I sold five copies of that course. And we even had a Facebook group. Even this is like way back before even Facebook, I think, even had groups. We had like maybe a private Facebook page or some bloody thing. I don't know. And uh, you can imagine how awkward that was with five customers. And <laughs> in fact, only one of them joined the Facebook thing. In fact, I think two people who joined the program never even logged in. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, it was a complete disaster. And that's because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And so that really took the wind out of my sails. And for a couple of years after that, I, I you know, I just did consulting. I did, we just built websites for clients because that's what we knew how to do. And that was easy and that was comfortable and it was safe. But ultimately, uh, I had this burning desire inside of me to help people and impact the world. And so I, then I, so I made a decision one day. I'm like, right, I don't care how, I don't care how we make money out of this, but I'm going to spend the next two years becoming the most helpful person on the planet to help WordPress freelancers and agencies succeed. And I'll figure out a way to make money out of it. So I just started basically coaching people over Skype for free and helping them. And through that, I learned about the marketplace. I learned what the problems were. I learned how to solve those problems. I got results. I get t I got testimonials. I got case studies. I got massive goodwill in the community. We built an amazing email list. Um, we funded all of that through our freelancing and consulting and building websites. Um, and then we started building the program and that was over five years ago. So, yeah. you know, it was a painful Painful process, man. Luckily, I'm married to a psychologist who can talk me back from the ledge whenever <laughs> I which is quite often. Uh, so, you know, I've got that in my corner. But, and it's, dude, it's, it's, it's painful. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, it, most people can't get through what Seth, what Seth Godin calls the dip. Most people just won't get through the dip. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what that reminds me of is that it, it, that, that was one of the best parts of that interview that you did. And for anybody that's listening, go back and listen to uh, that edition of the podcast, WP Elevation, where you know, it was Seth Godin and was it was Christina. Yeah, Christina Romero. Christina yeah. Romero. Yeah, yeah, and he, he, made, he made the point that, look, if you're going to put out a course, like you're most likely not going to make it through the dip. Yeah. And you understand that, like, I, like, I understand the dip from like a musician mastery point of view, and there, there's all kinds of ways where you can apply it. Uh, but the, yeah, applying it to the online course world is extremely good, and, and it needs to be said a lot. Yeah, you know, not, not necessarily to dissuade people from getting into it, but just to prepare them for, you know, like, hey, if you're going to buy a course on how to create and release courses, this is what to, you know, there's a, there's a mastery, there's a curve to learning this. Yeah. Um, but I want to shift gears a little bit and tell me a little bit about uh, one of the most interesting things that I think you guys teach that applies whether you're a WordPress developer or not is kind of going from where you're doing all the work and then getting it into more of a lower touch service. So one of the ways that you guys teach developers how to do that is through uh, like continuity programs where look, if I'm going to build you a website, you're automatically getting put into this continuity program and maintenance program afterwards. That's one version of like a lower touch service. Right. What are some of the things that you've learned about how to make that transition and start making some of your services lower touch and higher profit? Yeah, dude, you've been doing your homework. I like it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, at some point, like it, it, it just becomes a conversation that you have to have with your client and you have to draw a line in the sand and say, look, this is how we do business. Mm -hmm. So, um, what you're referring to is what we call care plans and we kind of coined that phrase, you know, back in, I don't know, like five or six years ago, we started talking about, um, uh, you know, no, nobody wants to pay for maintenance. Nobody wants to pay a monthly fee for website maintenance because it's expected that the website will not crash. It won't be hacked. It'll be online and it will be backed up. That's just a given. Mm. Uh, 
So we kind of coined this phrase, business continuity plans or website care plans or online business care plans where we will take, and it was because a client called me once and said, look, man, um, every time I log into my website, there are all these red flags in the back <laughs> that need updating. And I'm really nervous about pushing these buttons. Can I just pay you every month to take care of it so that I've got the peace of mind that it's taken care of? And I said, and I was remember driving the car going, yes, Chris, of course you can. In fact, we're just putting together our website care plans as we speak. I'll send oh. you when I get back to the office. <laughs> so I get back to the office and I'm like, oh, what did he say? Peace of mind, take care of it. That sounds like a good idea. So I sent him the link to a pricing table and a gravity form on, on the website and he signed up for a care plan straight away. And I'm like, look at that. Now we've got a new product. Yeah. Um, and so what I realized is that people will, will pay for you to take care of what you do best Right. And there's no, and the problem with doing this ad hoc is client calls you up and says, Hey, Matt, we've just added a, a new intern to our team. Can we get their staff profile added to our website? And you're like, Yeah. Okay. Great. How much is this going to cost? How long is this going to take? It's only a short job, but you and I both know it never just takes half an hour. You've okay. got to get. You know, ideally, you should be testing this on a staging environment before you push it live. Yep. There's, you know, backup stuff and maybe some version control you've got to take care of. Once you've done the job, you've got to test it, make sure it's, you know, browser compatible, responsive, all that kind of stuff. Then you've got to send them an invoice. Then they're going to take weeks to pay. You've got to get your bookkeeper <laughs> on the phone to collect the money. You know, all of a sudden, your profit's just gone out the window. So here's a better idea. Why don't you just get on a subscription pay me every month so no one has to worry about the paperwork. It's all taken care of. And we'll just give you, you know, depending on what plan you're on, we'll just give you unlimited content updates and, and you know, security and management and all that kind of stuff uh, as part of your monthly um, commitment. So I'm removing the waste from my business, which is the, the bookkeeping and the admin stuff. Um, if I've then got those clients on those care plans, I can make sure that they're all in a staging environment. They've all got backups, all that kind of stuff built in. If they're not on a care plan, then I don't have to build that infrastructure for those clients. Uh, and then we, the other thing is you want to make sure that you've just got regular communication touch points. So the client doesn't get to email you or call you whenever they want. They have regular touch points that, hey, every Tuesday afternoon, you can call me between, you know, midday and five and we'll answer the phone or maybe we just schedule it in. Three o'clock every Tuesday, we have a quick 20-minute powwow. What's going on? Give us your updates. Let us know. Or you set up a support desk where they just email and then you, you know, right. go through Scout or whatever you're using, you know, once every couple of days and clear those logs out and assign those tickets to your staff to make sure they happen. Yeah. So the first thing we did was systemize that from the client's point of view and then we systemized it in the back end so that we could delegate it to our, our team in the Philippines to actually get the work done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a bigger lesson there, which is the the way that that came about is is I think it's probably the best way to start something like a start a, a systematized kind of lower touch program, which is it started for real demand. Yeah, you know? yeah. So one thing that Seth said in that interview, which has rung true with me, uh, he said, you know, here's an idea: instead of building stuff and then trying to sell it to people why don't we build things that people are already buying? In fact, here's an even better idea. Why don't we build people, build things that people with money are already buying? <laughs> yes. Right? Um, so, you know, the other thing that I did from a, from a, a strategy point of view was a lot of clients who had spent, you know, anywhere from five to 10 to 15 grand on a website felt like they could call me up anytime and say, hey, Troy, you know, let's have a chat about Twitter. I'd be like, okay. 
And 45 minutes later, you get off the phone and you're like, wow, man, I just like, they just completely sucked my brain dry about what I know about Twitter strategy and I haven't charged them anything. It's kind of a waste of my time. I want to do the right thing because they're a good client, but they're not paying me for that information, which means I know they're not going to do anything about it because they don't value it because I just gave them for free. So I'll tell you what, you guys, my VIP clients, you want strategy advice? Get on one of my coaching programs. So mm. now I have a coaching program and at anywhere between $500 and $2,500 a month, you get certain access to me and you get my phone number. You can call me. If you call me and you're not on a coaching program, I'm just not going to answer the phone. Uh, guess what? <laughs> Those people who are now paying for that advice take action with that advice because they yeah. value it. So again, just working out how you can leverage what it is you're already doing to scale it and removing the waste from your business so that your business ends up more profitable and you can then provide a better service to you, to your existing clients. And yeah. which is another key distinction that Seth made, like there's no need to chase more clients all the time. You already have clients who know, like, and trust you. There is, there is value in those relationships, which means there is untapped revenue in those relationships because revenue is a direct correlation to value so how much additional value can we add our existing clients you know he said under the head you've got to triple your revenue this year without taking on a new client how much better is your service offering going to going to be as a result of that experience? well and that that was the interesting distinction was that look if you if if really all you're interested in is the job trade trading the hours for more money and you want more money at the end of the day for the same amount of hours that was the strategy yeah. He did not say, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to build a big successful company, figure out how to monetize your existing clients three times over, which, which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, okay, so that, yeah, there's, there's a difference there between the strategy. If you want to build a big successful business, you sell, for the most part, you sell one of the same thing and yeah. you might have some like, yeah, there's, there's, um, yeah, that's a very interesting distinction, but I think he's exactly right. If you're talking about the average freelancer, uh, who wants to, especially if you have that craftsman mindset which yeah. set which set absolutely does which i love yeah. that mindset yeah. and that's yeah. the other i mean two things about being an entrepreneur versus a freelancer right one being an entrepreneur is a pain in the ass yes, because, it is. because you know like you can get it's a major pain in the ass dude because every time you introduce human beings into the equation things are going to go sideways right <laughs> we're like human beings are not robots they're not predictable like they do not operate on yeah. binary code you know computers are fun. like i love computers because they do most of the time especially if you're on a mac they do exactly what you tell them to right um <laughs> why don't use microsoft products anymore human beings on the other hand man but they are just like unpredictable beasts aren't they like what the hell are you doing that for like how is that even part of your job description how, like how is that even like a sane decision that you've just made there and the, <laughs> the bigger your team gets the more shit you've got to deal with because human beings are unpredictable and the less you actually get to do your craft so if you're a yeah. great graphic designer and you love designing UX and UI and you build a business as an entrepreneur, guess what? You're going to do less graphic design and you're going to have more pain in the ass human beings to deal with as you grow. But the up the upside of it is if you're an entrepreneur and you actually build a business that kind of functions without you being on the tools, then A, you get to step away from the business at some point and enjoy the fruits of your labor. B, you get to impact people all over the world uh, you know, uh, and, and most of the time you find human beings that are better at the job than you are and they do things that amaze you and you have customers that you don't even know that you have, you have, I have no clue who some of our customers are and they reach out to me and thank me for the thing that I've built. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you're in my program. I've never even seen your name before. It's amazing. This is an incredible yeah. thing. 
it's a, it's just, it's a different thing. Uh, I think uh, I think one of the only guys that have had it that have like figured it out. If you like it, like how do you build a business where you can kind of still be the craftsman? Uh, is the guys from Thirty Seven Signals, which is now High Rise or whatever they're calling themselves, yeah. right? So they managed to f- to build a business where they have most of the other functions taken care of. So the founders who still enjoy coding for whatever God knows what reason—that's not me at all—but um, yeah. they found the part of the business that they want to still do, and they can still do it most of the time. And all of their managers are. Uh, working managers in the sense that they're still coding and they're supervising a small pot of people. Uh, it's, it's not easy to do. I mean, for most people, if you want to grow a successful business, you have to like leave the doing of the thing to like right. market and sell the thing. And, that, and that's, that's most people. That's where most people live is that kind of the struggle between those two things. That's right. Or you can go back to doing the thing and employ a CEO or employ a, you know, a, a CMO or a VP of sales to go grow the thing while you get to do the thing. Um, in my experience, and one of my mentors once said to me, no one is going to love your business and your money as much as you are. So, you know, yeah. that's the dance you got to do. Yeah, I was going to say there's, there's, I, I've heard it stated from many different people that you can never have somebody, you can never, can never abdicate the sales and marketing. Nobody will ever understand. Nobody will ever design the category the way that you will, which I, I think they're, for the most part, they tend to be right about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. All right, so, uh, so quick before I want to I, I honor your time. So tell people how to uh, kind of plug into the community because that's one of the things you guys have done a great job of building. Yeah, we have, you know, and I'm really proud of the community. We've got uh, WPElevation.com is the best place to check out the blog and the podcast. Uh, We have a live stream show that we put out on Facebook. We're going live in about half an hour actually uh, every week. Um, We have a lot of video, audio content and blog content on the blog. Um, So WPElevation.com. And then if you go WPElevation.com slash Facebook, it'll take you to our Facebook community and WPElevation.com slash YouTube will take you over to our YouTube community. Um, and also on Twitter, you can find us on Twitter. We don't really use Snapchat for some reason, and we don't. Uh, we're just kind of starting to experiment with Instagram. But you know, there's only so many days in the day, so you can. I was going to say, like, I just yeah, I mean, pod- podcasting is my main thing. I just launched a new Instagram account like a month and a half ago, so I'm still like a baby horse stumbling around, like trying horse. to figure it out. Love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what's What's the most surprising thing you've learned, like growing growing the community? Anything that jumps out? <sighs> um. The most surprising thing I've learned is that, um, you know, uh, it, it, it does come down to people like human beings, human beings are the most surprising thing. Um, human beings continue to surprise me in all sorts of ways. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, know, I mean, that's, you know, um, it's a really good question. And I did, I did read this question last week when I saw this come through and I don't think I have a great answer, but one of the most surprising things I've learned, you know what? If you surround, like one of the most surprising things I've learned or it's actually been reaffirmed for me is that most people, most people, you know, I was thinking about this last night on the drive home from the office, which by the way is about a six and a half minute commute. So it's not a lot of time to debrief. Um, <laughs> how much, how much deep thinking are you getting done on that commute? Not, not long. Um, I'm not, the reason I'm not scared about competition is because the thing I've had reaffirmed over the years is that, and I, and I mean this in the, in the most respectful way, and as I said, I do like human beings, but most people just will not stay focused on the thing for long enough to catch me, you know? Like, yes. The, the reason that we are here where we are now is because as sometime as monotonous and as painful as it has been to build this thing, I have just not given up 
and the yeah. team around me have just not given up and we are 100% committed and focused on this thing and this thing alone. And most people just can't stay focused that long to build something mm-hmm. meaningful. Um, no, that, that's why I, when I threw out that word of caution when, when Seth talks about, when, when someone's like Seth Godin talks about like, let's look for more ways to monetize our existing customers. The only problem with that advice is that encourages in the wrong people and encourages the shiny object syndrome because they're already looking for some way to get out of mastering the boring. They're yeah, already right. looking for things to not to like to, to divert their focus and that doesn't always help. What usually right. helps is figuring out how to sell more of the same thing to more people and right. do it at a higher level. And that's what you guys have done, just relentless focus on one thing. Yeah, it's just a different approach. And the thing yeah. is, as, you know, as monkeys, we are, we are hardwired in our DNA to be curious, right? And that's why, and I was listening to a podcast the other day where this guy was saying, you know, give yourself a break for, for having distraction. Like distraction's a good thing because it feeds our curiosity. And I agree, I have scheduled time in my calendar during the week where I'm allowed to go play with shiny objects. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, right afternoons, after lunch, man, it's beer o'clock. I'm not doing much, you know, critical work then. I'm like just playing on the objects in our sandbox environments. Um, But, you know, most of the time you just got to focus and some of the times you just got to, I call it doing the dishes. Some of the, you just got to turn up and do the dishes eventually, you know, like someone has to do the dishes and it's sometimes it's monotonous and it's boring, but that's, you know, every time I get kind of stuck in a rut where I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to go play with, you know, new stuff. I'm like, if I just focus now, while I'm doing this Pomodoro sprint for the next 50 minutes, I guarantee half a dozen of my competitors are going to get distracted and go play with the shiny object, which means I'm just getting further away from them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I love it. That's a, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal tip and a great reminder. So I appreciate that. Well, cool, man. Well, I want to honor your time. I know you got a Facebook Live to run to. So um, again, thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. I really enjoyed the conversation. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes, and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.